1: Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, and welcome to our final Chicago Bears preseason post-game show of the year. And can I just say that again? The preseason is officially over, and the next time our Bears take the field, it'll be for real. Isn't that pretty awesome? The Bears defeated the Tennessee Titans 27 to 24. Again, the points don't matter, it's preseason. And in today's show, we're gonna share our thoughts on tonight's game. But I think more importantly, we're gonna also share our final roster predictions. Heading into the deadline that is just a couple days away. I'm your host, Wildewitt. I want to thank you for joining us here this evening. And tonight I am accompanied by my co-host, Mason West. And Mason, are you as excited as I am that the preseason is officially behind us?
0: As much as I like the preseason, because you get to there's a lot of cool storylines. There's some intrigue going on with players that you know you haven't heard of and may never hear from again. It's nice to finally be on the precipice of some real football
1: yes uh, i'm so excited for it there's the second half tonight really felt every bit of a preseason game and i'm just glad that we're done with it we can move on guys are going to be cut and we'll talk about who we think will be shortly um and that's unfortunate for those gentlemen however that is the nature of the game that is the business that we uh we're here to break down and i'm just excited to get to the real thing and I don't know. Days like today, I'm excited they took away the fourth preseason game and added in an extra regular season game. Although, you know, throughout the offseason, I kind of went back and forth personally. But yes, very excited for that. And Mason, are you having a good weekend, by the way, Uh, here on this Saturday night? I'm sure you have nothing better that you could even potentially do other than talk about a Bears preseason game here at nine o'clock on a Saturday night.
0: Hey, not too bad. I mean, had work the first half of the uh, game and then the second half did a little bit of celebration for my wife's birthday. You know, she's had like three celebrations over the last three weeks because of various family members not being able to make it. So I think she's enjoying that. And then, of course, the, you know, being able to sit down and watch Bears preseason. How how else would you want to spend your Saturday?
1: I couldn't think of anything better. And uh, personally, I've been dealing with an illness all week, Uh, running a fever here today. So if I'm a little slow in my delivery or my voice isn't. What you're expecting it to be. I apologize. I've been battling some respiratory stuff. It's 2021. I think you can put all the dots together. Um, But before we get into today's show, real quickly, uh, before I forget, uh, I want to share a quick announcement for those listeners that maybe want to play some fantasy football with us this year. Uh, This is our seventh annual year. We're going to do a fantasy football competition. Uh, This year, we're going to do four prize leagues. The winners get Chicago Audible gear. Uh, The drafts are going to be next Sunday night, so it's September 5th, so if you can make the draft, please join one of our leagues today. And all you need to do is go to chicagoaudible.com slash fantasy. Uh, Mason, you're in what? Our ESPN, one of our PPR leagues over there?
0: Yeah, yeah, ESPN PPR.
1: So Mason's a reigning champ, so if you want to see if you got some chops to take down Mason, uh, head into one of those leagues and uh, see if you can take him down. Uh, He was... Uh, pretty dominant last season, but I'm very excited. Seventh year that I've been doing this for the podcast, and it's one of my favorite ways uh, to kind of interact with those listeners. And on top of that, too, you get to play in a league not just with us as the Chicago Audible, but also fellow Bears fans. Uh, and That's much better than just playing with some strangers uh, online in some random leagues. So again, ChicagoAudible.com slash fantasy. Uh, join one of our fantasy leagues, and you can have a chance to win free Chicago Audible gear in Mason. I, I know that means I need to write down, I still owe you a shirt uh, to send you for your fantasy champion, don't I?
0: Yeah, I still need to rep that. You know, it, it's fun to do with other Bears fans, but then... All the players you want just get vultured off, right? Because usually I can sneak in a late David Montgomery pick, you know, a later L. L. Robinson pick. That can't happen in these leagues. (laughs) Those guys are gone.
1: Yeah, no, they go quick. They go early, so... Let that be uh, something in the forefront of your mind throughout your draft strategy. He, again, September 5th would be the draft. And if you can make the draft, we'd love to have you in. Uh, but as we officially start the show, uh, I believe our time again uh, is best served. The chunk of this episode should be talking about this Bears roster. So we're going to keep the post game portion pretty brief here today. There's no need for quarters or anything like that here today. We'll save that for the week one post game show in a couple weeks. But let's go ahead and start off the post game. With my monster moment of the game, and my monster moment, I feel like I could add three, uh, by the way, uh, Mason, but I'm going to go with the throw uh, with about seven and a half minutes remaining in the first half. Uh, was th- oh, wait, no, actually, I'm going to go with a defensive play. I forgot because okay. I've been giving Justin Fields so much love, and it's all deserved. And the throw he had to Jesper Horse is special, and we'll talk about it soon. But the defense getting a little mojo back and the takeaway bucket today, uh, to me, still a big moment, uh, and the Bears had a pass rush. We didn't see that last week, and some of that tenacity was back. So about seven and a half minutes uh, remaining in the first half, those third down for Tennessee inside their own 20. You have Travis Gibson screaming off the edge, gets to the quarterback, forces a throw off the mark, and then my guy, uh, Trey Roberson, was able to pick it up in his hands run it back for a pick six. Uh, it was a really nice rip move by Gibson to beat his man and, again, Roberson, right spot at the right time, was able to kind of seal the deal there and get himself a pick six. And for a guy who's on that roster bubble, uh, I thought that was a really big play for him and his opportunity that he had here today. So that's why it's my monster moment. Although that throw by Justin Fields after the fact did sneak into my notes as one I, I debated all through the second half of this game. There wasn't a lot to take away from the second half, so I pretty much sat there pondering what should be my monster moment. And as you can tell here on the show, I'm still torn. Uh, Both were uh, tremendous. But Mason, uh, over to you. And what's going to be your view from the West Wing?
0: I'm going to say for me, it was a play that was pretty early on in the game, more so for what it means for the rest of the season when Dane Gervathan had his interception in the red zone. Uh, It was really the cherry on top of that Couple drives there where we saw some players where we've been curious what's going to go on with, you know, and Eddie Goldman and uh, Danny Trevathan, who was a little slower last year in terms of getting back on the horse. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily the best throw in the world, it wasn't the hardest interception in the world, but he was in the right place at the right time. You know, he was in coverage, which is something that I've been preaching. I was worried about with Danny Trevathan. And at the end of the day, if the Bears are going to have success this year, the defense is going to have to get turnovers. And players like Danny Trevathan, who might be on you know the wrong side of that age spectrum, need to be able to play like the you know some of their younger, more tenacious years.
1: Yeah, uh, to both of our guys, right place, right time, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, that There's a lot to that as well. It's not always about the athleticism that makes the play. Sometimes just knowing where to be in that spot or being lucky and you can't coach luck all ends up being a, a good benefit, a good bonus here. But Mason, let's jump into this Bears offensive discussion. And I just want to begin with this Bears, and I'm going to put in quotation marks starting offensive line uh, that Justin Fields was able to play behind here in the first half. It was a real. A uh, rocky start. Really, I put, I'm put. i looking at my notes. The word I had down was atrocious uh, with their play that I saw early on, uh, whether it's on that very first series of the day on third down. It's like third and five, Jermaine and Fetty, uh, allowing that sack just really beaten badly uh, off the edge. Fields had no chance on that one. And then just after two drives, uh, pressure was just immediate. Like every single time Justin had the ball in his hands, there's someone in his lap. Uh, The run game had no push uh, early on as well. I think the Bears finished the first quarter uh, one first down, 19 total yards and only 2.2 yards per run attempt. Uh, I was very, I don't know, I'm still concerned, um, but I wasn't surprised uh, to see what we did uh, see. You know, Jason Peters just coming in, still kind of getting into shape. And then you have Jermaine Defetti who's been dealing with that hip flexor, missed most of camp, haven't seen him all preseason. So I knew there would be some rust uh, with both of those tackles, but boy, did I not expect it to be uh, that much. Uh curious your thoughts on the offensive line that we saw uh, from the quote starters.
0: I think atrocious was being kind of kind, uh, to be completely <laughs> honest. I mean, it was rough, man. I mean, Every single time Fields dropped back, hit pressure in his face, like you said, the run game could barely get going. Damian Williams did some amazing stuff to get the yards he did. You know, there were times he was contacted two yards in the backfield and then was still able to make it a positive game. Mm-hmm. You just can't have that. You know, whether you're going to have, you know, Andy Dalton to start with or Fields eventually, you need to be able to give some protection. A lot of Fields throws, I'd be really interested to see what the average, uh, your yard, air yardage was on his throws because i think it was a lot, unfortunately a lot of checkdowns just he didn't have time to go anywhere else and you know that's why i think ultimately this offensive line is going to be a bit of a revolving door a little bit on the field but also in terms of the roth you know who's actually going to be starting because i think it's gonna be them feeling it out they're going to start with one line be like see how it goes and maybe you know substitute someone in that we didn't expect to be starting as soon as they were
1: yeah it was i think his average justin's average yards per throw is like five give or take Was like 5.4 yards per throw and that's not even air yards uh, as you mentioned so it, there just wasn't a lot of time to do anything uh, which is unfortunate because this was a game where i was hoping to see justin really shine really showed Nagy, like hey i can be this guy uh, come week one although it felt like things weren't really set up for Justin to succeed to that level. Did you feel that too? Whether it be the play calling, uh, whether it just be the offensive line play in general, or just Tennessee holding onto that ball as much as they did as well. It just felt like Justin just couldn't get that moment uh, besides that two minute drill at the end of the first half where he put again, that ball placement for that touchdown throw to Jesper Horstead. I was incredible. And even that small glimpse to me, Was everything I needed to see out of him today just to give me more, uh, you know, validity to the fact that he can be a guy here sooner rather than later?
0: Yeah, I think he saw that every time now that there are like two times that there's been the two minute uh, drill trying to get into field goal range, or even touchdown. Justin's done pretty well with that. And I feel like a lot of that is it's a lot more reactionary in terms of play calling, too. It's just, hey, we have these plays. Let's run it. Let's go we've seen there's been some questionable play calling when, from Nagy when it's something that, you know, he doesn't have his, doesn't seem like he has a feel for the game. You know, it's, there's just some weird moments. Like he went for it on fourth down in this game and tried to run it up the middle after the Bears had just previously gotten stuffed on third down. You know, it seems like that would have been a place where you called a play action uh, something that you wanted to even test Justin out and see what he was able to do versus trying to do a short run up the middle with Damian Williams when, You just have not been able to do that all game. So, you know, the combination of the offensive line troubles, I will say Jason Peters looked way better than I thought he would Um, in terms of what he was able to do, some of his conditioning. It wasn't like he was getting burned on the edge. It really was more Jermaine Effetti in terms of tackles that was Mm -hmm. concerning in terms of that starting offensive line. Um, But yeah, the combination of the offensive line was and the play calling does make it just seem like Justin wasn't really set up for success today. But just due to his pure athleticism, His gamesmanship, the amazing accuracy on that pass. I do not understand how he put that ball where he put it for that one touchdown throw. Um, All of that made it better (laughs) than it really could have been.
1: Yeah, that's what good quarterbacks do, Mason. They elevate the play uh, of the guys around them. Even if they are struggling, he can pick the team up. He can carry the offense. and I think... Uh, We definitely saw that here today. Uh, One of my big concerns uh, all preseason, uh, and I think it kind of reared its ugly head again, and I just want your take, Mason, uh, is the lack of a running game. Uh, I'm just comparing, you know, what I saw Tennessee do against this Bears defense which was running backs seeing consistent, decent chunks on the ground versus this Bears offense that, yet again, you know, no one had double digits for a run. The longest we had today was seven, uh, and that came from Artavis Pierce and Justin Fields tied for that mark. Um, but Damian Williams, Khalil Herbert, six and five, and each of them only averaging about two yards per carry. Uh, we saw this a lot with David Montgomery last year where the offensive line wasn't getting any push, not a lot of room for him to work. Is this a concern heading into week one for you? And I, I know we have a whole couple of weeks to really dive into you know, this week one game versus the Rams, but I can't help but feel we're not even going to be able to establish the run, and if that's going to be the case, this entire offense can unravel pretty quickly.
0: Oh, it's a huge concern. You know, All last year and, and previous years, there's always been the whole, is Negi going to commit to the run in the first place? And if there's a little bit of resistance, is that going to stop? Add in the fact that at the end of the year last year, when the – Bears seem like they were gaining some traction, actually able to put up a solid amount of yards. Uh, Montgomery ending up, you know, in the upper echelon of uh, running backs. It was against some pretty weak rushing defenses. It, so now that you're going to be going against a team like the Rams, and you've already had a hard time establishing there in the preseason, and Dave Montgomery's had one carry, I believe, in that in, in that uh, Dolphins game, that hasn't run the ball since. Uh, it, it's really something that overall is concerning. And when you have as many options as Nike has as well, so you have Dan Montgomery, you have Damian Williams, Gil Herbert's had some bright spots, you know, are any of them going to be able to get into a groove or are they going to just try to do a hot hand approach, which doesn't really allow an individual running back to truly get their wheels turning.
1: Yeah. Is there anything else on offense, Mason, that you wanted to, kind of bring to the table today, again, we're being brief, uh, any players that stood out for better, for worse, any just big picture takeaways that you want to, you know, discuss with me. Uh, I have one that I'm going to save probably for a later segment, but is there anything else or anyone else uh, that you do want to kind of uh, bring up?
0: No, I think a lot of that we'll cover when we're talking about the, the final 53. Um, as a whole though, just the offense looks like what the offense has looked like for the past couple years. You know, it's just very stagnant. Um, I always have wondered because I tend to watch a lot of various games on my own because no one can stand watching with me because I scream too much. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just sit there on third and five feeling this. Okay, here we go. We're going to punt in the next down. And when I watch another team on third and five, I feel, okay, they're going to get this. Um and it's, that's just the feeling I've had for the last couple of years. Is that, like I don't have confidence that we can move the ball. I don't have confidence, whether it's a run for third and one. It's not. There's no confidence they're going to get that first down. First and twelve or first and fifteen because there's been a penalty. It's like all right, cool. Drives over. We're stuck. We're not going to be able to move this ball. And that just hasn't changed.
1: Yeah. No. Third down still feels like a death sentence, shouldn't it? Uh, eventually, hopefully, it won't be. Um, But this preseason, it's really been an issue for the Bears. And at least today, if you want to look at a super micro positive, is at least third downs were manageable. We weren't sitting in many third and 15 pluses like we saw last week versus the Dolphins. Heck, i mean, sorry, two weeks ago versus the Dolphins last week against the Bills. Because that was a theme that carried from one week to the other. At least that got stopped here today. But still, even in those manageable situations, being unable to convert at a decent clip, Is concerning, Uh, even in preseason. It's definitely a concern to carry into week one, or at least beyond your radar. Let's move over to this Bears defense. Uh, You talked about it earlier on during your opening segment about Danny Trevathan, seeing him out there, Eddie Goldman, seeing him out there. By the way, this is the first time us Bears fans uh, got to see Eddie Goldman in 622 days in a Bears uniform playing in a football game. So I'm personally glad he's able to knock off a little bit of that rust, get into some some sort of game shape, even though he's only out there for a few series. Uh, better do it now than week one versus the Rams uh, at least, in my opinion, uh, I'm just curious about you, Mason. Uh, what do you take about Danny Trevathan playing? Uh, some people were thinking maybe this means he's on, you know, a bubble to make the team. Uh, I have my thoughts on this, but I want to kind of leave it over to you first.
0: I don't think he's really on the bubble at all. And he, once you watched him play, you saw. I think that was, you know, made even more factual. It's just one of those things where he hasn't gotten to play a ton in this preseason, and I think really the Bears just wanted to let them get essentially a warm-up leading up uh, to the actual season I know a lot of people don't like that you know thinking this is essentially the traditional fourth preseason game all starters should sit this isn't a traditional preseason you know Uh, it's just we have to take it for what it is and we saw a couple people that were playing uh, today that may not in a normal year be playing so yeah, I just really would say it's more about just trying to get him a couple snaps, you know, get some confidence, all that good stuff. Jump into the regular season.
1: That's where I'm at. Uh, again, he's been dealing with a knee uh, throughout most of this camp, so he hasn't been practicing a ton, hasn't gotten any preseason action. And I remember, I'm young, I'm you know, I'm old enough to remember the Danny Trevathan we saw in the first month of last season, without a preseason. So if the Bears were doing whatever they could today to make sure we start to get that play out or get him caught up to speed a little bit sooner. I'm really okay with that. Uh, That's where I'm taking it. I'm not looking into it as uh, he's a potential cap casualty here at the cut or anything of that nature. I feel like Ogletree's been great, but I wouldn't annoy him a starter status or anything of that nature. And you really kill some of that depth uh, if you do make a move like that. Because if you have Roquan and Danny and then Alec behind him and Christian Jones, that's a very strong unit. And if you take away Danny Trevathan, even though it's, it's, I'd say, an okay, a solid one, and Roquan really helps that one, by the way, it still would hurt the overall level of depth from top to bottom uh, of the depth chart. Uh, Sticking with inside linebackers real quick, too. uh, I thought Joel E.A. Booneyway had himself a decent game, at least very active, uh, both in a run game. He's in a handful of run stops. Had that really good play and coverage in the end zone to kind of get his hand up and swat that ball away. Uh, There's that one screen that the Titans got a decent amount of yardage uh, to the back. And I thought he took a real poor angle to the ball carrier there. Uh, that's just the one nitpick I had from him, but he, and then even towards the end, Josh Woods did look like guys that were playing for roster spots.
0: Yeah. You could tell, I don't know if they had a conversation yesterday before the team, you know, got on the plane to head to Nashville, but he, I haven't seen him play like that in a while, whether it was uh, previous preseasons in the season or the, or even this preseason. Uh, just, I remember that in the dolphins game, I remember sitting in the press box with you and being like, I don't think this guy's making this roster. Just there was lack of effort, you know, just little things that he could have taken two more steps and made the, it would seem like made the tackle. But today he played like a man possessed. And if he had been doing this the whole time, he would have been a roster lock.
1: Yeah. I, again, they would take him for his special teams play Nine times out of ten, but he needs to show a little bit of that uh, ability to play defense at this stage of his career. Uh, If not, it's easy to find other guys, as the Bears have done uh, this year. Uh, What about a Travis Gibson? I'm sure you would be more than happy uh, to share your thoughts on his game here today. And not just his game today, but I want you to kind of reflect and think of the Travis Gibson we saw up in the press box versus, you know, the the Dolphins and then kind of where he's at now because I can't help but just feel like he's really elevated his game week after week and he if he continues to trend in this direction he's going to be so much fun to watch come to regular season as a part of that outside linebacker rotation
0: it's funny you say that because I was going to say I saw a lot of growth It, it kind of was like that Justin Fields mentality of you know I won't make the same mistake Twice, It definitely won't do it three times because there was a couple times in the Dolphins game where he just didn't have contain on run on runs, you know, running backs would bounce outside, get a solid game. There were multiple times this game where he either, he turned the ball carry inside to his inside linebackers, or he actually made the tackle himself. So that was huge. And then obviously, you know, just the pursuit of the quarterback, specifically that ball angle. There are a lot of times he was getting to the quarterback but I think he's also elevated his game to now be trying to get ball first through the quarterback versus just trying to hit them, right? Because at the end of the day, if the quarterback gets the ball away, great incomplete pass, or if you go through the arm of the quarterback like we saw today, turns into a pick six.
1: Sorry, I was thinking about the right word I wanted to say. I was going to say precisely uh, my points there, not just – you know, keeping his contained, but I started to see him setting the edge uh, a little bit more with some authority uh, today that I've seen uh, compared to what I've seen in some games uh, previous throughout this preseason. Really crashing down uh, and really just making life difficult for any tackle. And I love that versatility that he can play on both sides and be effective uh, on either side of the line of scrimmage. That one is uh, that's really exciting for me to see. Uh, on top of that, too, I thought that Camara uh, uh, early on, too, someone that was living in the backfield again, and I know he's very much a long shot to make this final roster. Don't think it happened, um, but he's someone that's always getting penetration, always getting in the backfield. And he's someone that just really came on and surprised me to uh, there anyone else on this defense uh, that has surprised you uh, either, you know, today uh, that really kind of stood out in a positive way.
0: Yeah. Camaro would, would have been one of my first answers. Uh, his versatility is really cool too, you know, cause he did play outside linebacker, even though he, he doesn't really look like one. <laughs> um, and then uh, he actually bumped inside and played some D tackle in that second half, too. Uh, he didn't do amazing at that D tackle position. You know, the, the uh, Titans definitely got some good runs off, so a little more open lanes. However, just being able to have the option to do that is, is awesome. Uh, someone else that really stood out today with, for me was Marquis Christian. I thought he really got his nose in on a lot of tackles, uh, was able to— Stop a lot, especially there was that one goal line stand. Eventually, the Titans did score on fourth down, but he was right in there in the scrum, and that was something that we've talked about. Not seeing a lot from some DBs is being willing to you know, really sacrifice the body to stop the ball carrier, so that was awesome to see.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, he was fourth on the team with seven combined tackles. Marquis Christian was. Above him, though, Caleb Johnson, too. Uh, another guy that just continues to really impress me, someone that, Pre-camp wasn't on my radar one bit, um, but it's definitely started to make uh, a name for himself here in Chicago. Again, roster shot, very difficult. Uh, Practice squad candidate, definitely. Uh, Outside of that, though, I don't have too much more on this defense here today. Uh, It was one where I saw more effort uh, than we saw last week against the bills uh, better tackling in general and just better play at the line of scrimmage in the trenches. And that really helps all three phases. Although uh, I guess one last question I wanted to ask you is just like with the offensive line, are you starting to feel some of the pressure for this defensive backfield to kind of play itself out uh, specifically at the cornerback position?
0: Oh, going into this preseason, I was hoping that we'd have at least two of those cornerback positions set, right? The outside corners, and maybe we'd have to figure out the slot. I'm worried about cornerback, too, and I'm worried about the slot. Mm. Um, Duke Shelley was not all that impressive. Thomas Graham Jr. got burned for a touchdown where he didn't even turn to look at the ball, uh, I believe, in that second half. And then uh, it's been really rough, uh, honestly, for Kendall It's There's been too many times where there have been easy completions, uh, that in theory, a, even a middle tier quarterback too should be able to stop. So I don't think that's set in stone whatsoever.
1: Yeah. The Kendall today, at least early on in this game too, looked like he was always like two to three steps behind his guy. Uh, whether it be the, some of those crossing routes where he's in man coverage and he's kind of waiting to see if the linebacker is going to kind of take over in that one as well, but he's just not keeping the distance that he needs to and he's allowing some of those easy completions. So I'm getting concerned here uh, as well. No one's really stood up or I should say no one's really stepped up uh, to kind of really stay, uh, claim their stake at either of these roles. And at this stage, now that camps behind us and preseasons behind us and the, the battle may continue into the early parts of the regular season, like that's not what we wanted at all. And I, I know you were saying, I want someone to really stand out. And I was saying, oh, let's have it be a close battle. I didn't mean like this. I didn't mean close because no one's playing well. I just wanted everyone uh, to play at a decent level so it makes the decision tough. But now it's tough because it's like, oh, pick your poison. What? Who would you rather have out there? Who do you think gives you the best chance without having much confidence uh, really in either of these options right now? So, yeah, that one, uh, personally, uh, you as well, and I'm sure most of the Bears fans listening are really concerned uh, there. Anything else on defense, Mason?
0: No, just kind of a continuation, I guess, with some of those other ones. You know, Artie Burns did okay today. He uh, he didn't build off of what he had done really well in uh, some of the training camp and even in that Bills game. Um, Same thing. Trey Roberson had that interception, right place, right time. But outside of that, not something that all of a sudden I'd be like, oh, man, he's really pushing for cornerback too too either. Um, Just it's going to be really interesting to see how uh, the Bears handle the Rams, who have a – Pretty solid wide receiver core when you really think about it, and now with Matthew Stafford, who you know is a good quarterback and is no longer on the line, so hopefully has that ball and chain off of him, and is more likely going to actually be able to do a bit more.
1: Yep. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the third phase here real quick. Uh, what's your big takeaways? not a lot here uh, to discuss. Uh, I'm sure you want to talk about your guy, though, uh, getting some more kick return action. I thought he looked pretty good. There was actually one kick return out of Khalil Herbert that on the sidelines I saw Chris Tabor get fired up, which I'm sure is a great sign for Herbert's odds of being the return man uh, come week one.
0: Yeah, he just keeps stacking good plays. We keep talking about that with uh... – players we want to see just you know play after play a couple each game and he had a couple in the run game and then on the return you know each time it was around 20 yards you know putting the bears in solid field position uh you know there weren't any bad returns today which is good you know sometimes uh if you aren't being talked about that's a good thing and ultimately there were a couple times he missed some lanes i thought he's really falling in love with the spin move I've noticed the last couple of returns and I feel like if he just put his foot in the ground and made a cut, he probably might get, you know, an extra five or so yards instead of trying to hit a home run with the spin. But overall, I still love him. I still think he's going to be a pretty dynamic part of special teams and potentially some couple shots here and there on offense.
1: Yep. uh, For sure. I Khalil Herbert, someone that I don't know. He just showed that contact balance, uh, the power to run through guys. I do feel like he's getting stuck on that spin uh, just a little bit. It's like when I play Madden with my kid and I, I get up there and my first guy is going to contact me and I hit circle. I, I don't know why it doesn't work if you keep hitting circle, um, but it seemed like that's what he was doing uh, a little bit, so maybe he could do some of those L2 triangles or some of the other moves that you guys did. A little juke stick, he has it in him, but I saw, thought we saw a little bit of that power wiggle and jiggle today uh, from Kula Herbert, and I know Uh, That makes you uh, very happy there, Mason. Uh, Outside of that, though, we didn't see a lot of punt return options. Uh, The Bears didn't force many punts uh, here today to give us many opportunities there. Uh, Pat O'Donnell had that great punt uh, to kind of end the game, Uh, Ryan Nall being able to down that inside the one-yard line. So if you're looking for another just... Uh, hoorah for hashtag bear special teams. At least that's a positive one uh, to look at. Uh, but Mason to wrap up our post game discussion discussion before we get to the bears roster predictions, uh, who's going to be your MVB and don't you dare steal mine uh, it's, or you can, because it's really hard to top that. Uh, and just as a quick
0: aside, uh, so I had mentioned in the chat that they thought Trey Robertson had a concussion and it looks like that. Yeah. Trey Robertson is concussed. Uh, so if, I don't know if that'll affect your final 53 at all. But anyway, my uh, MVB, I you know who I want to say. I'm not going to say it. I'll I'll shift off of it. You know, I'll go to I'll go to Justin Fields. Uh, I thought he was dealt a pretty rough hand today. Uh, the play calling did not help. His what he does really well was not highlighted, nor should it be. It's a preseason game. Don't need to show all the tricks. Uh, but he was still able to you know make lemonade out of some pretty rough lemons.
1: <laughs> I like the way uh, that you're able to kind of phrase it. Lemonade out of pretty rough lemons. That's a great, uh, I don't think that's a metaphor, um, but whatever it would be uh, in the English terminology. My wife's an English teacher, so she would hate that I don't know this. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a really good one there, Mason, but I have to go with the Horstead hype. I've been sitting on it uh, throughout the entire postgame show right now. Jasper Horstead. Led all receivers uh, for the entire game, Uh, both teams, uh, catching all five of his targets for 104 yards, averaging about 21 yards per catch. And he just had some great ones, whether it be that touchdown catch, because Justin Fields put it in the right spot. um, But that was a crowded area of the field along the sideline. And I thought the concentration uh, from Horace said to make sure he had his feet in bounds and corral that ball and make sure he had it before he stepped out. Uh, tremendous. Uh, that one-handed grab that he was able to kind of keep with him in stride on his way to the end zone for that final touchdown was great. And even the play before, no one's going to talk about that one because it wasn't the touchdown, um, but he was up in the air and caught that ball from Nick Foles and got pummeled and was able to hold on to that thing. So three great catches and also three touchdowns for him here today. And for someone that, who is uh, making the most of his opportunity. Uh, didn't make the team last year in favor of J.P. Holtz, um, but was someone was like my preseason favorite in 2019. We didn't get a preseason a year ago, uh, but now in the 2021 preseason finale, uh, Jesper Horstead doing what he does best and having games named after himself. This was the Jesper Horstead game. So that's definitely going to be my MVP, Mr. Hat Trick, Jesper Horstead. Uh, but that's going to be a wrap. I was actually discussing the game uh, because I'm ready to dive into the roster and share who both Mason and I expect to make this team. And before we kick that off, though, I do need to share a quick message from our friends over at Manscaped. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com. And for 20% off and free shipping, use the code FAN Sided 20. And the first scheduled for liftoff is that new lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. This spaceship is here to guide you on a journey to trim your body, balls, butt, and even. It says it right here, Uranus. So abort Harry Balls and Buzz Lightyear to that Woody with Manscaped. Again, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code Fansided20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Fansided20. F I F A N S I D E D two zero at Manscaped.com for a clean Trinity and beyond. Your space balls will thank you righty, you're listening to the Chicago Audible. I'm Russell DeWitt, joined by my co-host Mason West. We've already shared our takeaways from today's game, and now it's time to go through this Bears roster and figure out who's in and who's out. And Mason, how am I doing? Is my voice okay? Am I holding up all right with this fever? I'm, I get, I'm getting a little bit of chills, to be honest, and it's not thinking about the Justin Fields throw, unfortunately. Uh, it's kind of the real deal here
0: honestly i i could barely tell you have anything going on you know maybe just a little it was a little spicy because you got a little hack in here and there but not too shabby
1: all right good i, I needed that uh more importantly i needed a sip of water uh to, so i appreciate you kind of helping me out there a little tag team effort very much uh, appreciated you want to start with offense or do you want to start with defense for our roster predictions
0: Ooh, let's switch it up let's go defense first
1: all right let's go on defense uh let's go backwards let's do defensive backs first because we always start in the trenches so we'll just go complete reverse order in my notes so i'm scrolling way down uh so safeties i have five safeties making the team after this camp and preseason how about you
0: i also have five technical safeties
1: okay technical safeties I i like the way you think uh Stop me if I get one incorrect and you can tell me who's different, but we're going to go with Eddie Jackson. Uh, I don't know if that one's a surprise or not, but I have him making the team. He's actually a lock uh, for me uh, to Gibson, a uh, uh, Dion Bush, uh, Deandre Houston Carson. And I'm going to go with my guy who I really pumped up in the pre uh, pre preseason. So technically all season uh, with our first prediction show sticking with him. And that's going to be Marky Christian.
0: Yeah, I had the uh, same five. Unfortunately, you know, it's almost by default in a way because someone like a Jordan Lucas, who currently is hurt, couldn't even really be considered right now. But even if he was healthy, I don't think Lucas really did enough in the preseason. You know, he had multiple chances at Gunner. They tried him at you know returning kicks, which didn't go very well. Uh, Marquis Christian, though, like we t- I talked to earlier in the show, he's shows been showing out whether it's in training camp or preseason games. He's around the ball and he's active, and that's one of the things that you really do want, especially for a guy that's going to ultimately have to contribute on special teams, someone who's willing to make a tackle and throw a block.
1: All right. So five and five for safety. I got my notepad ready to rock and roll to see if what goes different. How many corners do you have? And I need a moment because this Trey Roberson concussion does throw a little wrench in my plants. <laughs> okay. Okay. So
0: I personally have let me make sure my maths right, I have six, but one of my six is a question mark that I'm not as confident in actually.
1: Okay. Go ahead. I'm still going to do numbers. You tell me who you got, (laughs) because I'm going to figure out, do I want to keep Trey on here or not?
0: Gotcha. So I have uh, Jalen Johnson, Kendall Villador, Artie Burns, Duke Shelley, Thomas Graham Jr., and Xavier Crawford. And for me, my question mark is actually Duke Shelley. He, It's been rough. He just has not been good in coverage. Uh, There are tight ends running wild across the middle that he's supposed to have man-to-man. The passing off in zones hasn't been very good. He had one nice pass breakup today. But, you know, and then there was another t- instance early in the game where a running back going down the sideline, and he just gives one of those little shoulder hits that, you know, if the running back had decided truly to cut back inside, wouldn't have really done anything. I I think Duke Shelley ends up making the team because they really just don't have options at slot corner. It's just because he's there. Um, the One of the bigger things might be what happens with waivers. Maybe, you know, someone gets cut that the Bears are more interested in. Unfortunately, the Bears are, I believe, 20th in the waiver wire position. So they, you know, may not get the person they want. He would be one of my biggest potential cuts that I'm not as confident in.
1: Okay. So for me, I had Trey there. It's interesting because, like, with the concussion, like, you can technically bring him on your practice squad, and he was borderline practice squad for me. Uh, so with that, even with him making my monster moment, I'll nix him out, which leaves me with six, but I have someone different and we oh. haven't even seen this guy and I'm going to go with Desmond Troufant because what? I know, do you know why? I found out why he's been gone. I don't know if you've heard because if he kept it real hush hush, have you? All
0: I know is his personal reasons.
1: That's it. The, per- it's the personal reason is his father passed. So he's been kind of dealing with that. So I feel like the Bears have kind of give him the benefit of the doubt, knowing what they think they would have in him. And that's why they've been so lenient with his absence right now. And I think he may squeeze himself on because when I'm looking at these Bears cornerbacks, I'm not seeing any reason why they shouldn't at least give him a chance. Like, there's no one out there that's like, you know what? Yeah, we don't need Desmond. And I know Desmond hasn't played great the last couple of years, but he maybe he still has enough in the tank. Dealing with the loss of your father, I'm sure it's very difficult, uh, and that's something that takes everyone has their own timetable to return when something like that happens. Uh, So for that reason, I'm going to have him sneaking on in a real surprise one uh, for me, Uh, because when I was looking into it, I was like, Googling, I'm like, where has Desmond Trufant been? And I saw in uh, an article from Brad Biggs in a Q&A, and that's why he's been absent. So that makes a lot more sense than just being AWOL. So for that... I'm going to say the Bears show some grace here and give him a chi- chance to stain his claim. Stay. Stay. Okay. I'm out.
0: Thank his claim.
1: Thank you. See when yeah. your brain gets mushy uh, from a fever, he, sometimes words go in opposite orders. I appreciate that Mason, but yeah, it's his opportunity is wide open uh, with what I've seen from the Bears DBs uh, at corner. So that's what I'm going to do. And that's tough uh, for him, but we'll see if that actually ends up because if he sticks and we'll find out in a few days, it would be real interesting come week one what the Bears will want to do if they're going to just throw them into the fire or ease them in uh, with some of the options we saw here throughout uh, the preseason. So probably a surprise to some listening, a surprise to me saying it. um, But that was one of my little researches before the game uh, this evening. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to give them the BOTD. All right. uh, Let's move into inside linebacker here. I have five. Mason? I have four. All right. You tell me who you got, and I'll add a a fifth.
0: So this is one, too, where I actually had three different configurations of this before the game, during the game, and after the game, just as things kind of changed. Uh, But my four are Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, Alec Ogletree, and Joey Ieboniwe.
1: So you're taking out Christian Jones. I did. Wow. What led you to that? Like, seeing him play so late into the game? I was a little concerned by that, personally.
0: He played a long time into the game, like you said, and he played inside linebacker and then he was also playing some outside linebacker. And it was almost to me like, how can we figure out a way to keep this guy? Can, can he do it? Give us some outside linebacker reps. He hasn't popped a ton for me. Like he's been there, like he's made some tack, you know, some solid tackles and everything. But it wasn't really anything that re- that really made me excited and I think with what, Eben uh, Ewi can do in terms of his special teams, which we know he can do, and then today he did enough in the actual like run in run protection and coverage things like that that I was like, you know what, I think I think the Bears can keep him, and he may actually be able to contribute a little more than Christian Jones at this point. Plus, okay. for me, the presence of Alec Ogletree is big. Uh, I think Ogletree, by having him, you don't need, need, need right away and Ia to step in, right? Like if Dan Trevathan gets hurt, if he needs a, a breather. Alec Ogletree, I feel like, can go in, and I'm more confident with that, no longer needing Christian Jones.
1: Okay. For me, uh, I think you need Christian Jones. Uh, I know he hasn't popped, but when they signed Christian Jones back, I did not expect him to pop. Uh, he is very much... Uh, uh, what do you want to call it? an underrated player that doesn't do a lot of the, the sexy things on the field, but he does his job well enough that I think he deserves a <laughs> roster spot. Uh, it's not He's not going to be a, someone that you're going to glorify on the podcast. He's serviceable, um, and he does, again, he does his job. Uh, so for that reason, and what I talked about earlier uh, in the show, where I would not want to sacrifice some of this depth here at this position, uh, you talked about, well, if Danny goes down, Alec can step up, and I agree. But we also have Roquan Smith, who is – one of the best inside linebackers in the game, but also does have a history of injuries every single year. Uh, so I would rather have two guys that I know can step up uh, than one, and then Joel E.A. Booney away. So for that reason, my five is Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, Alec Ogletree, Christian Jones, and then Joel E.A. Booney away. Uh, he was someone that was on the bubble uh, for me heading into this game. Iggy was. But the special teams was already kind of giving him, you know, teetering towards making the roster for me over like a Josh Woods. And then what I saw today just gave me a little bit more hope that he can be someone that can go out there and play okay uh, if needed. Although if he's fifth, don't really expect it. Um, but if he can play with that same tenacity uh, on special teams that we saw on defense here today, should be okay. Uh, so I'm going to go with that five. Uh, and again, I know Christian Jones doesn't do anything that makes your eyes pop out of your head or anything like that, but... Uh, he's someone that still racks up the tackles and leads the team. And I'm going to say, you know, I could say, yeah, he led the team today, but also he played a, a lot of the game. Uh, so that's not really fair to a lot of the other players. Uh, and, and I know you saw him inside and out. I think that just kind of shows his versatility uh, that Sean Desai can use him uh, from time to time in this defense. Even if he's not starting, maybe they don't want to throw him in as an extra outside linebacker, part of the rotation come game day. I think that's a bonus, a benefit of his game.
0: You know, it's funny. Like I said, I had a couple different configurations One of them was I did have five outside uh, inside linebackers, and Christian Jones still didn't make it. I had Caleb Johnson as my fifth in that instance.
1: (sighs) That would have been bold. That could have been a bold prediction for you. And Caleb Johnson's been playing great. That would just be a a big, I guess, bit of confidence that the Bears coaches would have in him, seeing his play that we've seen in the preseason, translate to the regular season. And I'm personally not there yet, but I'm still very intrigued by his potential long-term. But I like it. I like that you had it potentially as an option for you. Uh, Let's jump to the outside, though. How many outside linebackers do you have? Because this gets interesting to me.
0: Uh, I have four with an asterisk.
1: Okay, Uh, explain.
0: So, okay, I have Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, Jeremiah Tachu, and Travis Gibson. However, I also – because in order to – be sent to IR. I have Tevin Jenkins needs to be on the team and then be sent to IR. So I have then Charles Snowden being brought back and put on the team. Once uh, Tevin Jenkins gets put on IR.
1: Okay. I like the way you think, because that's one I don't, I didn't know how to even approach it. Uh, I did it with the next position uh, that we'll talk about, but I like how you're trying to play the numbers game a bit uh, and bring back a fifth. Cause I only have four. I have Matt Quinn and and Gibson but I feel like four is not enough. Although I did say with Christian Jones, maybe they want to act like he's that inside linebacker four now with Ogletree rising up to three. And then you can kind of blend him to that fifth outside linebacker in some spot situations. That may be enough, but I'm still not confident that four, I know Travis Gibson's been playing great. Atachu still has to show me more. Robert Quinn, I don't want to have to say anything other than his name. And you know where I'm going with it. And that, but just in terms of like keeping guys fresh, I always feel like five is better than four when it comes to this positional group. Uh, personally, at least what I've seen about this Bears team over the years. Uh, so I was really kind of mad at myself for going for four, but as I saw the rest of my team kind of unfold, it just felt like what may just end up happening. Um, but I like that you kept Snowden because he is someone that I'm worried about getting poached off of waivers if they do decide. And you have the same situation though, because he has to go through waivers to get reclaimed by the Bears too, with Tevin Jenkins. So, interesting. All right. Anything else in this group? Or do you want to move to the defensive line?
0: Uh, I think we move on. This this, this, this group's pretty uh, straightforward, honestly.
1: A little bit. I think this next one is too. Uh, so, defensive line. Uh, just a note to make sure you're good. Uh, Mario Edwards officially does not count against the roster due to that suspension to yeah. start of the year. Uh, so we get a bonus here, a freebie, uh, if you will. Um, with that bonus, I still have five guys. You?
0: Uh, five plus Edwards.
1: Correct. Yeah. Because he doesn't count. So five, Correct. and then Edwards is still there mystically until week two, and they'll and figure yeah. out what to do after the fact.
0: Yeah, poltergeist Edwards until he gets brought back to life.
1: Precisely. Uh, so my five, uh, Akeem Hicks, Bilal Nichols, Eddie Goldman, Angela Blackson, and then uh, Kyrie's Tonga.
0: Yeah, I know he was, Tonga was someone I had in my original 53. Um, I know that there was a little debate on that, whether or not he should or shouldn't be there. Uh, But he's just shown, I think, this preseason that he filled in really, really well for Eddie Goldman, and he was able to make some pretty solid plays. And I he's a guy that I'm really excited to see how he develops.
1: Well, and just like with Snowden, like people are afraid like he can get poached. I think Tonga is another candidate for someone that could be claimed off of waivers before he can get back to our practice squad. He showed enough has a lot of tape on him, and teams would like to have a pretty decent nose tackle, a young nose tackle at that. If they could have him. I mean, that's a very valuable part of a defense. Uh, so that reason I'm keeping him on, uh, so I have him, uh, did you keep him or did you go in a different direction? You kind of set it up like you may have gone a different direction.
0: Oh no, I kept him for the oh. exact reason you said. I think, I just think he's, he's really awesome. I think he's awesome. He's shown a lot already as a rookie and in a position that's hard. I mean, you get beat the heck up in that position. Um, and, you know, a lot of times people need to put on more weight, muscle, etc. But he's held his own. And like you said, I don't think he'd get past waivers.
1: Yeah, it would be for a seventh round pick, which, again, you can have a fourth round pick clear waivers. We've seen Riley Ridley do it, although maybe there is reason uh, behind that in retrospect. Um, but Tonga, I think, has flash enough to definitely catch the attention of scouts in the league that are doing some of the, you know, league scouting throughout the preseason. And if he's on it, like, Hey, I bet you he's on someone's short list. Like if he hits waivers and we have a chance, let's go get him. So I would definitely not take that risk if I uh, were Ryan Pace. So that does it uh, for this defense real quick, before we talk about this bears offense and break down our roster predictions for that, I just want to let you know again, uh, that we do have a merch store up and out there right now. Haven't been promoting it too much other than on our podcast. Do want our listeners to kind of get uh, first dibs to some Chicago Audible merch. We've got tank tops. we got t-shirts, hats, bucket hats, visors, mugs, water bottles. Uh, once we get to some colder weather, we'll kind of do long sleeve t-shirts, do some hoodies, beanies, things of that nature. Um, but right now, if you want to help support our show, uh, and represent along the way, head to Chicago com slash shop, uh, pick up one of our awesome items of gear that we have available. Uh, and definitely it helps us out uh, both financially a little bit, um, but also it just helps spread the word uh, as you're wearing the stuff. And I don't know I love when people tweet me or, you know, email me photos of their merchandise and Mason, you've been doing a great job of that with your coworkers and they're in Chicago audible. And that was pretty awesome to see.
0: Yeah, it was really cool. You know, I just, went ahead and got a bunch for them just because I thought it'd be fun. And then uh, I told them I was going to wear it on mine on Friday and they surprised me by wearing all theirs too. So it was just really cool to have that. And you know, all of our patients were like, Oh, like what is the Chicago audible? Oh, like it's a podcast. Okay, cool. I'm going to listen to it. So already we gained like four listeners just by wearing merch. So if you love the podcast, get your own rep it. And then people are going to ask, Hey, what is that really cool hat you're wearing? And then you can tell them all about the podcast.
1: Done. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, let's move on to this offensive side of the ball. Since we started, started in the trenches, ended in the trenches on defense, I'm just going to start the offense in the trenches as well. Uh, offensive line, how many do you have? I'm counting right now, and I'm a little slow.
0: Uh, I have 10 individuals who will make this 53.
1: Uh, I have nine, uh, considering you know the all-encompassing Tevin Jenkins situation. Uh, I would not be surprised. Actually, before we even give our nine, because we all know Tevin Jenkins is making it for both of us, because we're hoping the Bears want him to return on IR at some point this year. And if they don't do it, if they don't put him on the active roster, you can't return this season. Would you be surprised, though, if they just decide now to shut him down for the year with, say, Jason Peters now being in the mix? Because the more I think about it, the more I made it to say they do give him a redshirt year.
0: I, w- I would be surprised only because that's not a very Bears-y thing to do, no matter what like who's been in charge you know if you look back at the kevin white scenario uh that was a perfect example where it was just kind of strung along no he's fine he's coming back it's no big deal oh wait there's season ending surgery all of a sudden um and i think just with the state of the line how it is uh, even if maybe he wouldn't come back even to play left tackle for all we know so maybe they're like all right let's have you come back play right tackle be comfortable for the year you know almost use it as a rehabby process near the end of the year there and then next year with the full off season we're going to shift you over to left tackle however you also know how i feel you know if you haven't heard about it go listen to i believe it's our last or second last podcast where i talked about i I, i'm not convinced he is going to be coming back but i think they want the option
1: i think the option keeps ryan pace in slightly better favors right now like in terms of like how he's approaching it drafting him in general i'm all for it still like i'm not mad i'm frustrated at the situation but we can't handle it and if it's something that can be fixed in the long term and tevin jenkins is still the dude uh, that we saw on tape and that we we're so excited about in the pre-draft process then it's still a home run we just got to wait a little longer uh, than we would like but let's get back to our roster predictions uh who i have here i got cody whitehair james daniels jermaine afeti jason peters sam Mustafer, larry borum elijah wilkinson and alex bars and tevin jenkins
0: the only one that I had that you didn't was a I have Lachavius Simmons making it
1: okay well, is it because uh, you've just Frost. seen him so much because he hasn't shown me enough to be like I want him on this team and I feel like they may try to keep that roster spot open for maybe uh, you know a veteran that they could claim that may uh, could potentially be a better fit than Lachavius Simmons at this point. Uh, I wouldn't feel like Simmons is gonna get poached. he can easily fall back into our practice squad. Uh, that's again where I'm sitting right now. But is there anything special that you saw the Latavius Simmons? I don't. That's probably setting you up for a terrible answer, so I apologize. What made you choose Simmons, and why is he on the team, man? Because I'm confused.
0: <laughs> so the reason I, I think it's gonna be it's a numbers game. Like they're they're just so unsure what's going on with this offensive line that they're gonna want as many options as possible. Plus the durability's been in question too. So who's to say the Rams game happens and you know Jermaine Fettie re hurts his hip flexor? And now who are you going to put in there at tackle? And so now you need another backup. And then there's another, we've seen preseason games where there have been multiple linemen that have gotten banged up. And I think if you look at the breadcrumbs a little bit, I think the bears like Simmons more than we as fans like Simmons. Like, I'm not a Simmons guy. I'm going to say that right now. (laughs) I don't think he's like all that great. However, with how much run he's been getting, I think the bears see a bit in him. And at the end of the day, I mean, he can make the final 53, and then if there's a veteran they want to bring in, they can still just cut him, try to get him on the practice squad in a future week, and then bring in that veteran. It's just right now, I think there's so much question going on with the offensive line that it's, again, it's a pure numbers game. Get as many as you can in there and see what you can do with it.
1: Yeah, it's a numbers game. You're right. I can think of... 12 better options for a roster spot, <laughs> again, personally, and I, and I appreciate you trying to pump it up. I, you, I'm not going to buy it uh, today. I feel like he needs a lot more seasoning, and he's someone that uh, the Bears will have a few other options before he even needs to take uh, a field. Like If you look at what you would have, a Wilkinson uh, as your swing, uh, you still have Borum as a backup as well. I don't think you need that third tackle that – didn't show anything really well uh, in the preseason hogging up uh, a spot. And I think what hogging was it? Who is it? Is it Latavius? Was he pig or ham? I don't know. Either way. It's, I thought hog was an awesome oh, record. Yeah, he was
0: it. pig because tam bright was ham.
1: Yeah. That would make a lot more sense. So yeah, hogging it up. i I'm happy. I stumbled uh, into that one. Should have been a little bit more confident about it, but moving on to tight end, uh, this is where I have my asterisk uh, as well. So, uh, I have four with my little special character at the end. How about you?
0: I just, I just have a boring four.
1: Oh, a boring four. Is it a four that's going to make me happy? Oh, it's a four that's going to make you very happy. Oh, cool. Then we have the same four. Uh, so hmm. we're going to do a Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham, Jesse James, and a Jesper Horstead? Absolutely. So I had Horstead being someone that they would cut and then bring back after the Tevin Jenkins injury. And now, after he had a three-touchdown game, I don't know if he can do that. I feel Mm -hmm. like someone is like, "Mm, I can use him as like a tight end three. Like they would pick him up. Uh, Heck, even maybe a tight end two somewhere uh, in the league. He's been really grinding here in Chicago behind the scenes and really growing out those Greg Olson, you know, golden locks uh, after the fact and really paying homage to him right now. And I don't know if it's a number change, but man, he just looks every bit the part. I know it's preseason, but this is where he shines. And I still feel like. Even in a regular season game, 2019 season, when he was out there, he played well. So he's someone I want to be, to make this team. I know last year, Nick and I had the whole debate between JP Holtz and Jesper Horstead, and he always thought he was so cool because he had JP Holtz and I chose Horstead, and Holtz was the one making the team. But I feel like this year I may have the last laugh uh, with Horstead. Uh, anything you wanted to mention about how your tight end group kind of fell? I think
0: Nick had mentioned when we uh, did that tight end preview, I I said something about being not enthused about the tight end room after Jimmy Graham. And he said something to the effect of, you know, how many teams have a good second tight end, let alone a good third tight end. So yeah, you're absolutely right. If you put up a three touchdown performance, even if it is in the preseason, you're like, there's a good chance you're going to get picked up by someone, right? They're going to see that athleticism. They're going to see that potential. And they're going to think, oh, great. We're going to have our next Rob Gronkowski, our next Travis Kelsey, something of that nature. So, no, if you cut him after the performance he had today, I'm sure he's going to end up on a squad elsewhere. The thing, too, with – I was always a bit also of a Holtz guy, just thinking we needed that guy. But when you have someone like a Jesse James, who is a bit more of a polished blocker, I don't think you need to have Holtz. Plus, he's been hurt. Um, he's had a chest thing going on. So, you know, you add that into it, uh, all of a sudden, he just doesn't seem as important to the team as a Jesper Horstead could be, especially with Jimmy Graham potentially moving on in the near future.
1: I, I like it a lot. I can't disagree with that one bit. And, of course, whenever you pump up some of that hashtag Horstead hype, I can't help but smile, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening, too, that uh, really just hope this kid can stick. Because uh, I've been a big fan of his for years. And this may just be his moment to make the team, get some snaps. And I want to see what he can do come a regular season. Yet again, I thought he did well. Again, a couple seasons ago in that limited amount of time, that near, near the end of the season. Let's see what he can do uh, as well. And he does have to prove some special teams play as well. If he's going to make this team in that spot, he does need to be serviceable in that regard too. Uh, moving on to wide receivers. I have the magic number at 6, Mason.
0: Also, have six. Just depends on who they are.
1: Uh, I'm certain you're going with uh, Chris Lacey, uh, Coulter, uh, John Vay Johnson. Uh, you're going to bring back Javon uh, Wims. You're going to keep Riley Ridley. Am I hot or am I cold? Yeah,
0: and they're also going to trade back for the injured Anthony Miller. Ah, for sure.
1: <laughs> All right, so uh, give me your six. I'm 99.6% certain we have the same. Yeah,
0: uh, we got Alan Robinson, Darnell Mooney. Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird, Rodney Adams, and Daz Newsome.
1: Yep, I I put Newsome above Adams, just how my list kind of, you know, as I'm going through my mental reps, typing it down. But, yeah, same exact six. Uh, I thought Rodney Adams again today was the best-looking Bears wide receiver uh, out there on the field. When Justin was out there, it seemed like that was his go-to guy. It was, you know, third and whatever. That's who Justin's looking for. He's looking for Rodney Adams. I think there's a lot to be said uh, with that, or a lot goes unsaid, but it speaks volumes to me, uh, knowing where Justin's eyes are. He didn't have Jesse James today, so where who's his next best bet? Yeah, I'm going to go to Rodney Adams, and that's been a case no matter who's been at quarterback this year uh, in the preseason for the Bears they just look for Rodney Adams Uh, he's someone that continues to make really good catches even the one he didn't have today was a really awesome catch he just has to get that second foot inbound so he's someone that's proved to me uh, that he belongs on this team ahead of some other uh, wide receivers which I know means no rightly really for either of us and after the Javon Wims cut uh, I feel like the writing's already on a wall where Riley Ridley is going to end up, and it's not going to be on this Bears 53-man roster. Uh, what about you? Anything you want to add in with the wide receivers? We haven't seen a lot of most of these guys this preseason. Uh, a little bit of news, mostly Adams, but nothing from Robinson, Mooney, and Goodwin, and Bird for the most part, which I guess I expected, uh, maybe not to this magnitude, but I think it's a good sign of their confidence in this being a really good core. Yeah,
0: I, there's like... Every once in a while you pop on Bears Twitter and you see things like, you know, is Marquis Goodwin any good? Is the Bears receiver core any good? Has Marquis Goodwin done enough? Has Arnold Mooney done enough? Bird, all that stuff. And it's like we just haven't seen them. It's not that they haven't done anything good. They just haven't been around because the Bears have been ultra conservative with playing them in preseason games. You know, and even in training camp, they've had their their minutes managed, their snaps managed a lot. Uh Riley Ridley had some good special teams moments today. It gave me even a moment where I was like, do I try to get him on? And then I was like, no, I mean, Riley Ridley is just not, he's, he's had his chances. There's been so many opportunities and for whatever reason, the bear staff don't love him enough to ever really start him in the last couple of years. He's been here. So I don't see why that's going to change. Um, I do think one thing that's going to be interesting while Adams has had a couple of moments with Dalton, um, specifically there was that one catch in the bills game, obviously for the touchdown, Um, it'll be interesting to see if that translates into the regular season or if a lot of his highlights are almost due to playing with Justin Fields, right? Because like you said, right, a great quarterback will elevate those around him. Mm -hmm. And so did Adams' stock rise because he happened to potentially get more snaps with Fields? Or is that going to also translate to Dalton if he does ever get on the field, you know, if Robinson, Mooney, et cetera, need a blow?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, Adams had that great touchdown a week ago, and that was Dalton. Yeah. One play. There was one. It was a good play and the ball could have been better, but Rodney Adams was one that made the play going up and over to the defender, breaking the tackle, breakaway speed to get the touchdown on lack of sleep because his daughter is born the night prior. I mean, it's just, this. it writes itself. I want to write the Rodney <laughs> Adams book, like bring it it's on. A,
0: it's a great story. And I highlighted that play. I said in the bills game, he had the one really good play. However, I'm curious if most of the other plays were also due to Fields putting him in the right position. Because I can't think of, at the top of my head, another play where Dalton was throwing him the ball. Nothing against Adams, but I'm just curious.
1: I I wish I cared enough about the preseason to pull up last week's box score in my browser and figure it out. Because I felt like there was a couple others. But... Uh, It's not worth it at this stage. We both have the man making a roster. We're both fans of this guy, so we don't need to get that deep into it uh, right now. (laughs) Uh, So moving over to running back. Uh, Thank you, Rodney Adams, uh, and congratulations ahead of time uh, for making this team. I have three running backs. How about you? Wait. Can you do three? How's this three Cohen thing work out? That's actually a question I had for you because I don't have Cohen making the roster, but If he has to return, is he someone else that has to make the final roster?
0: No, because if you're on the PUP list, that's different than I are.
1: I thought, but I just wanted to make sure.
0: Yeah, because if you're on the PUP, you can be designated to return later in the year, but you still have to make room at some point when you want to bring that person back.
1: Okay, so I have three, knowing that Tree Cohen's on the PUP. How about you?
0: Yeah, I have three as
1: well. All right, so I'm sorry, but no Khalil Herbert, right? You want Ryan Nall?
0: Again, we actually went back and got C.J. Maribel, brought him back.
1: Ah, right on. So same three, uh, but for both of us, uh, no reason to hide it. David Montgomery, Damian Williams, Khalil Herbert. Herbert, has he exceeded your expectations to this point, though, solidifying that RB3 role? You are very high on him. I'm just curious, like, where were your expectations set versus where he's been so far? Because although I trust you and I was still high on the kid and having himself a good camp in a preseason – I think he's shown me more that he's an NFL capable running back, and that's going to be around for a long time and can be very, I don't know, productive in this offense later, you know, through his rookie year and even beyond.
0: Yeah, I actually, I'm going to be honest, like I thought he was going to be good. I didn't think he was going to be this good, this quick. I thought it would could take a little bit where you're like, yeah, he's going to make the team or maybe he's going to be on the practice squad and they'll bring him up and they're going to play a game, you know, play it with him where he's down, he's up, he's down, he's up. Um, and then maybe, you know, week eight, all of a sudden, there's a little bit of a breakout because, you know, maybe Montgomery was hurt or something like that. But the fact that he's, I think he's going to get substantial carries. Uh, like, you know, it's not going to break the bank or anything like that, but he's going to probably get between his special teams role and his runs, Uh, as a running back or, you know, receiving probably eight to 10 touches, something like that.
1: Yeah. Again, if he can get between the ball, I think realistically early on this season, you're looking at maybe like five, hopefully if best case scenario, but later on as the year wears on, if he can kind of, as the weather gets colder and he's a bigger back that can bruise some people, with some of that, uh what wiggle power, wiggle and jiggle, oh, man. See, words are escaping me at this late this evening, but you know what I mean. But he's someone that has that contact balance. He can lower the shoulder and run over you. He can spin out of the tackle. He's someone, Khalil Herbert, that can really make a name for himself. And if Damian Williams is like a one-year kind of, you know, pit stop for him, and I think he's gonna have a good year too. Williams will. But if you're looking at 2022. And you have a one-two punch of David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. I still think we're in great shape. Uh, so I think long haul, Khalil Herbert's the real deal here in Chicago. Uh, again, maybe not the Montgomery status, but I don't think there's any reason to believe maybe he can't have similar production uh, that we see now in Montgomery, just different styles uh, of running backs. And the more that the Bears have different styles of backs, but unlike last year, actual running backs, not receivers trying to play running back, it's going to really be beneficial for this Bears offense uh, for time to come. Uh, anything else on these RBs before we move over to quarterback?
0: Well, and for that reason, too, the Bears' backfield is going to be... Here's a little fantasy nugget from a from a former champ, by the way. Y'all can write this down. <laughs> it's, it's going to be hard because while I'm confident that Dave Montgomery is a good back and there's a little less confidence in the O-line now after the last couple of weeks, um, all three are going to be really solid runners. And so it's not about montgomery being bad or anything like that it's going to be more that williams is going to get more carries i think than a lot of people think herbert's going to eat into that as well so ultimately you know it's going to be great because it's going to save some mileage on all three of their legs but remember damien williams arguably could have been mvp of that super bowl uh mm-hmm. two years ago people forget about that just because he had that year off so you know don't i wouldn't draft any of these three really high i love monty but i don't think he's i don't know if i'm gonna draft him on my fantasy team
1: It's finally that three-headed monster uh, that the Bears were trying to do a couple uh, years ago. And uh, honestly, too, as much as we're hyped up uh, about the potential of this backfield, it all hinges on a position group we talked about about five minutes ago, that offensive line. Like, if they don't perform, if they can't get that push, they need a lot more push than we saw here today. If they can't move the line of scrimmage and we're getting contacted in the backfield just like we had all of last season, uh, at least the first half more so than the second half, they're not going to be able to do their thing, and that's going to be such a disappointment uh, for all of us uh, because there's so much potential here. Uh, that The offense can literally run through these guys. We'll see if they can put it all together. And quarterback, real quickly, uh, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles. We're stuck. There's something else we can do there. Uh, you can't move Nick Foles unless there's a trade. Uh, I think that Gardner-Minchu trade hurts the Bears' chances as much as it uh, – because, like, what, they got, what, a sixth for a Gardner? A conditional sixth. Yeah. I mean, I'd move – Nick Foles for a conditional seventh. Honestly, if you can just unload him to someone else, whatever. We get it or we don't. But at least he's not here and we can have another roster spot.
0: It's going to be one of those things where, I mean, for example, uh, Sam Ellinger, right of the Colts, he's out for five to six weeks with a knee injury. Uh, Carson Wentz may not be ready for week one, so uh, the Colts conversation could strike up again. That would make sense, right? Uh, reunite him with uh, one of his former coaches. And today he was slicing and dicing, right? Seven for seven on that one drive there's Going to be other injuries coming up, too. Yeah, that could happen, but I do think that the Bears actually like what having Nick Foles in that quarterback room. Which I mean, that's up to them to decide that. I would think you'd want that roster spot for someone who's actually going to play for you. Um, but
1: and I'm you sure know, nick would know. want a chance of to potentially play, uh, as well. Yeah. I, I'm certain, I'm again, I know he's probably happy with the money he's getting, but I'm sure he would rather have a chance to play, uh, this season. And you talked about it. Nick Foles is slicing and dicing. I didn't ask this earlier, but I had the question, and you brought it back up in my mind. And We talked about how Nagy and the offense didn't really feel like it set up uh, Fields to succeed, but it felt like it set Nick Foles up to really showcase himself and put a good argument. Is that just because the talent for the Titans probably went down to the next string, or was it a different approach? Uh, I felt like the Bears really tried pushing it a a little bit more when Nick Nick Foles... Foles was under center today, and I'm just curious if you felt that too, or am I reading too much into it?
0: I think it's a little bit of A, a little bit of B. Uh, I believe the Titans were playing a lot of starters uh, at the beginning of that game too. And so, you know, it was a lot of the Titans starters, Bears offensive line starters, and then the rest, obviously more second string. Um, So that certainly plays into it when that talent level drops off. But, you know, in the second half, I feel like the playbook opened up a little more uh, that, there's a couple more deep shots, right? I mean, look at the, the Horstead, sim one-handed catch. That wasn't really happening in the first half of Fields. Uh, they were still running the ball, of course, but it wasn't uh, as emphasized. I feel like they took the air a little bit more. So a little bit of both. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little murmur like, hey, let's, let's let Nick Foles show what he can do and see if we can, you know, get him on another, get a trade offer for
1: him. Exactly. That's, again, I thought maybe I was just reading a little bit too much, but I uh, appreciate you chiming in. Um, are, you surprised as, uh, are you surprised that our rosters were nearly identical? I'm not. Uh, we do this podcast a lot together. Uh, we have similar thoughts on how things are going, and I don't know, we've all watched these games together, uh, and I feel like the writing is pretty clear on uh, how it should go, but that's always the fun part, right? It, you, from our vantage point, this is how it should kind of fall. But there are practices that we don't see. There are conversations that we're not privileged to internally uh, that can, can swing these things in directions that will surprise us. Uh, every year, there's going to be a surprise or two or more. Um, but, yeah, any final thoughts on your 53? We're, then we're going to jump into our practice squads. Uh,
0: when Lechavius Simmons makes this team, I would <laughs> like a tweet spouting how how I am the greatest roster constructor ever.
1: Okay, And that will be uh, the cherry on top of the Sunday there for you. So I'll keep an eye out. And if he's not in this team, uh, I demand a tweet as well of the happy Gilmore talking to Chubbs, you know, you know, you were wrong. uh, I was wrong. You were right. And all that good stuff. You can just send me the scene. I'll watch it. I know what it means, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, So my practice squad number, by the way, number one on my list is uh, Latavius Simmons uh, for what it's worth.
0: (laughs) That's too funny. See, like he's, he's almost was there for you. Just, you know, didn't quite make the cut.
1: Yeah, Okay. (laughs) I mean, he was the first I wrote down, so I'll, I'll give you that one. For some reason, when I went to my practice squad, and I numbered it one through 16. Number one did come out. Uh, Lechavius Simmons. Number two is Arlington Hambright, though. So I think your theory kind of gets thrown out the window because there's guys much further down the list that I'm much higher on uh, than uh, Arlington Hambright. Uh, to finish mine real quick, I have uh, Dieter uh, Iselin. I'm just going to butcher it. I apologize. It's late. Uh, John V. Johnson. Uh, Isaiah Colterre. Uh, Chris Lacey, Adam Redman, Charles Snowden, because, again, I didn't have him on mine, but I'm hoping we can sneak him on the practice squad. Uh, Daniel Archibong, uh, LaCale London, uh, Caleb Johnson, another big preseason standout. Uh, For some reason, I feel like Ryan All is going to make the practice squad. Uh, Artavis Pierce and uh, Sam Kamara. Uh, Those were 14 uh, out of the possible 16 spots. I wanted to keep two open for waiver wire acquisitions uh, over here. So that's going to be who I would put on the practice squad based off of who cut. I guess maybe you have to throw in Trey Roberson. I forgot where I landed on him due to the concussion. Uh, so if he's not in the final roster, please bring him back to the practice squad. I thought this guy showed a lot uh, throughout this preseason to stay around the building. Uh, but how about you, Mason? Uh, I know we didn't put a set number, but who are just some of your prime practice squad guys?
0: I had a lot of the same ones as you. Uh, you know, Caleb Johnson's on there. Uh, John V. Johnson. Archibong's on there. Sam Kamara. Uh, Isaiah Coulter. Um, a couple of the ones that I had that you didn't tease Tabor is a guy that I still mm. really, I still like yeah. De- Deontay Ruffin is a guy that I, I mean, they brought him back. It could have simply been a numbers thing. Like we need another DB, but he's had a couple of spots here and there that I've liked uh, Brian Johnson, the kicker. Uh, that's another guy on the practice squad. That's a good one. Yeah. If they don't trade him, you, it makes, you should keep him because COVID injury, something with, with uh, Cairo, he, Brian Johnson shown that he's can. He, kick the ball he can, he can kick it well
1: yeah he really has that's a really sneaky good one uh, I'm i'm proud that's why i keep you on because brian johnson i know you've been high in him all preseason and just like gushing over his leg strength and you know he's been pretty consistent too and saying the bears have two good kickers and what kind of good problem does that create here for this bears team and i'm glad that you brought him up is there anyone else uh that i cut you off i forget
0: no, that was it. I mean, Dieter, he was on the edge for me. I, I do like him. Uh, but like you said, I do want to have a couple of spots open just in case they, they snag someone and want to throw them on there. Um, but again, they also fall kind of down the fight on the waiver wire list in terms of actually making a claim. Uh, so, yeah, I think that pretty much rounds it out for me.
1: All right. Let's go ahead and just do a two-minute warning. Uh, again, technically a post-game show. So instead of final thoughts... It's official. It's a two-minute warning. What are your final thoughts on either uh, the game today, our roster predictions, what you have planned for Sunday? It's only preseason. Mason, We can you can keep it light. But what's going to be your two-minute warning to wrap things up here tonight?
0: This preseason has been so many ups and downs, right? You have, you have the highs and lows, you, got, you know, the drafting of Justin Fields, you got breakouts of coil Herbert, you know, there's excitement around signing up guys like Marquise Goodwin. He tried out for the Olympics, which was cool just to, to have that as an option. You know, the Horstead hype train going crazy. There's all that great stuff. And then just the constant wear and tear of Willie Won'ty with Fields versus Dalton was there a a promise to Andy Dalton. Is he really the best for the scenario? The O-line injuries like crazy, you know, not having an, a true O-line for a while. They couldn't even put it together, you know, a third string line at times in practice. It's just, it's tough. And it's it's weird to think that today was the last time we got to see Justin Fields play football for a bit of time. I mean, and we don't know what that's going to be. I mean, my bold prediction for the quarterbacks was that, Justin Fields would finish the Rams game as the quarterback, or maybe it's week four against the lions, or maybe it's that Rams game or that Ravens game further down the road. We have no idea, but this could could have been the last time we saw Justin Fields play football for a little bit.
1: Uh, that's sad. Is <laughs> you want to yeah. add the positive,
0: um, the positive though, is that, I mean, again, let's go back to like that throw was sick. Yeah. Uh, was. He's got a cool, he's got a cool clothing line coming out. He's partnering there. Uh, I think it was a uh, fan-sided or no, whichever that one was. I can't remember now, but yeah, he's got a clothing line. So buy stuff from him.
1: Yeah, definitely support Justin every can. I know I'll be snagging some of that up here too. So for my two minute warning, uh, we'll see if I can make it two minutes. If I have the stamina uh, to go that long. Uh, So throughout the preseason, uh, we saw some ups, we saw some downs. We saw some good, bad, ugly. That's what preseason is really all about Uh, after today's game. Uh, Definitely concerned about this offensive line and its current state heading into week one. Really concerned about the cornerback situation. Uh, Very much the same reason for the offensive line. Don't have a lot of confidence, Uh, at least with the DBs, though, and the corners. You have Jalen Johnson uh, to kind of hang your hat on to know you 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 got a dude. But how are the other two spots going to shake out? So those are two big concerns for me heading into week one. Uh, I know that a lot of people were upset with the play calling that they saw early on in this game. Uh, I, When it comes to preseason, I don't look too deep into play calling. I just look at what, the, what I saw in the field from the guys on the field and from the offensive line, the DBs. Uh, there's a lot to be desired yet. Um, but still, uh, as Mason, you had a point out, that was a sick throw uh, that we saw from Justin Fields. I'm still going to be watching that a few more times before I go back to bed uh, as well. Uh, And then when it comes to sort of final rosters, again, to me, not a lot of surprises Uh, overall. There was a few here and there uh, for both Mason and myself, but uh, all in all, I think it's going to be, you know, rather clear uh, at the end of the day and just definitely keep your eyes out uh, over the next couple of days as the Bears make cuts. Uh, watch that waiver wire. See who other teams are releasing. Uh, and if you're on Twitter and you're following us, or if you're not, please do. And you can. And if you see anyone that get released, anything could be wow. of interest to the Bears, point it out to me. Uh, I don't sit on social media as much as I used to. Um, but getting those pointed out would be super helpful because I can help kind of keep an eye on it. But I'm just excited, Mason. And I started it this the show with this, and I'll end it. I'm just so happy the preseason's behind us. Training camp's over. We're here. Like, we're now on the cusp of real Chicago Bears football. We have, you know, like two weeks here until a real game begins, but this is one week. So we have a bye week, and then we prepare for week one. Uh, So I'm excited uh, for you and for Nick and I to kind of get into that game week groove. It does get to a grind. uh, And this year's going to be a little different for all of us. Uh, I know Nick's going to be. Uh, doing more work stuff, getting to go to House Hall, and then I'm having a baby over here. Uh, I'm doing in November, so who knows uh, what the season's going to kind of shape out, and on top of that, when are we going to see Justin Fields? So excited, uh, but also, like you said, a little sad that this could be the last time we've seen him play football uh, for a while. I did see in the chat, though, that Nagy said that Justin Fields has shown enough that they'd be comfortable having him in a game, which still is a slight change of tune compared to what we've kind of heard over the past couple of weeks, so uh, that's going to do it for my two-minute warning. Sorry if it's not as elegant as normal. Again, I checked in at like 102.2 fever uh, right around kickoff here today. So really kind of pulling through for all of you to do a post-game show, to talk about this roster. And uh, if you are you know, sh- appreciative of my efforts and you're watching live, thumbs up would be awesome. that uh, make me feel a little better. Uh, it's been a real rough week. Uh, pretty much it's been bedridden. Uh, this is the only thing I've really done other than Eat and sleep Uh, so it's been fun to kind of get some energy up for a while although it's waning uh, rather uh, quickly here Uh, up next gee i don't even know what's up next for us Uh, i feel like we have to do something uh, before we start getting into game preview mode in a little over a week uh, because we have meet the opponent already lined up uh, where we interview a podcaster of the rams and then we have our game preview but i feel like we have to do something uh, before that any bright ideas off the cuffs there mason or do we need to talk about this uh after the fact
0: oh man uh we might need to talk about it after the fact because that's a good point i mean we should do something but it's just a matter of what
1: hmm we'll figure it out uh you know we're always here for you and and we try to find ways to uh, be here at least once uh per week so uh, that's gonna do it for the show again you can support us uh, by getting some merch at chicagoaudible.com slash shop, and uh, like this video on YouTube, uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, And if you're listening to the podcast and want to help us out, uh, rating and reviewing our show on Apple Podcasts uh, really goes a long way to help us reach maybe some more potential sponsors here for the upcoming season. Uh, Again, the Bears won 27-24, to I believe, was the final score. It's been a while. Yep, that was the final score. Uh, And uh, that's going to do it, Bears fans. So until next time, Bear Down Chicago.